Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. How's it going, everyone? Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. We are remote for another episode of the Go Long Podcast brought to you by our good friends at Hamburg Brewing Company off of Route 219. Get in there, drink some Hoptimonium, drink some Louie, drink some Berry Berry Sneaky. So many good beers, so much to choose from. <clears throat> Jim, you are uh, not in Western New York, though, right? You're down visiting a, a little fam. I'm down here in Bethany Beach, Delaware, but man, it's just never the same when we when we gear this podcast up and we just aren't in our home territory, just with that full lineup of everything you just read. I, Optimonium, still alive. It's still alive. Remember, there was that little period there where <laughs> we thought we lost Optimonium for a little, but they brought it back a little, but yes. no, man, I wish, I can't wait. This is always a good time to visit everybody, but definitely can't wait to get back because there's no better weather right now in the country than Western New York. It's amazing. I mean, it could be 92 degrees <clears throat> one day. It's a, it's a little hot, but this week I felt like it kind of got down to that sweet spot, you know, mid, <laughs> mid to late seventies. All we'll get you back soon. We'll get back to Hamburg. Yeah. Um, a lot of listeners want to hang out with us. So we'll, we'll let you know uh, in Twitter sphere and on here, obviously when we're going to be back, but you know, Jim, I, I think we're kind of in that, lull in the nfl calendar right like not not a hell of a lot happening other than some arrests which are there's been a few that you know, i don't even want to repeat Always. on here they're so bad i mean holy shit i don't know if you saw the latest with archivius mingo oh, unbelievable like yeah not even worth you know giving airspace here but if it's true uh, i hope he goes away for a long long time if it's true you know everybody has their say but not pretty um but other than that, yeah, not a hell of a lot happening. So I just figured we'd, uh, you know, talk a little quarterback, contract, dilemma, action on this podcast because <clears throat> Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. these three quarterbacks could be very, very rich very, very soon. So we're going to get into all of that Um but I don't know. First, Jim, is there any anything going on in your world, your life that you want to touch on? What, what you been up to, man? No, just, you know, I'm trying to enjoy the, the NHL finals. Didn't really, you know, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but that wasn't much, you know, of a series. And this NBA series, you know, hopefully Milwaukee can get this one tonight uh, for a couple of reasons, but I'll keep those to myself. But uh, I would like to see a good, you know, a good finals. I just like, I, this is the time of year. I just like, you know, I hate to say the cliche, you like a game seven, but I just like to see good games, good action. And then, then you take a breather and that, and then we get ready for the NFL. That's how I have always kind of felt like with the NBA. You know, I definitely, as we're doing this, the bucks have a 15 point lead, 11 minutes yeah. left in the third. I hope they win. Like make it a series. These are make two great series. teams. I mean, it's entertaining. They are. You know, Phoenix, Milwaukee, just two 
organizations. I, you know why I love it, Jim? It's just the NBA has been moving toward this AAU style of team building when, you know, LeBron just has the league by the balls and just kind of does whatever the hell he wants and gets his buddies together and everybody's building super teams. I mean, yeah. these are two teams that were built old school, like the right way. Like the Bucks nailed it with Giannis Antetokounmpo way back when and just meticulously season by season built to get to this point. And the Phoenix Suns just have everything. I mean, they're just such a well-built team. But I, I just, I watched the Bucks in like the Deer District, right? You have all the fans outside the arena going insane. And inside the arena, David Bakhtiari's there chugging beers with his dad yeah, on the video board. It's awesome. And I just had these flashbacks. Like when I lived out there from 2011 to 2015, the Bucks were really, really bad for the most part. Mm. And you could get tickets for $4 on StubHub. And just yeah. Down there. Yeah. And there was only like this one small section of fans in the crowd that went nuts. And I swear they probably were paid by the team to go crazy because everybody else in their room was just there <laughs> because tickets were cheap and it was something to do, you know? <clears throat> and here they are like just lighting the city, the, 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 the state on fire. It's awesome. It's great to see. You know what I love about both these teams is kind of how they, you know, they drafted well, but then both teams made it a point to go out and get point guard, Chris Paul and holiday. And I love, I'm, I've always pictured, you know, you always put yourself in the other GM shoes sometimes like, Ooh, I, I would love to hear those meetings in the offseason. Like, look, we get this guy, we got a squad like just that those guys have a certain toughness about them. When you get a point guard that has that grit that those guys have, I always think of it like, it's just like a quarterback to me. When you get a point guard with that type of the whole team will not want to let that guy down. And that's how they both play for these guys. I like, that's kind of what I like about it. And on uh, the contrary, like I, one of the Bucks games I was at, I mean, maybe we even talked about this on here. Sorry if I'm repeating myself, but like, no. God, I, I think I scored a ticket like right behind the Bucks bench for like 70 bucks, like nothing, right? Like right behind the bench. And there with a friend and we're watching like the Bucks literally drop a game winning play with like, I don't know, 20 seconds left, 17 seconds left. I don't remember who they were playing, but Brandon Jennings was on the team, like Monte yeah. Ellis, maybe like Luke Bahamute, you know, Larry Sanders. Giannis might have even been on the team as a rookie for all I know, but like Jim Boylan, he's drawn up this play. I'm like looking at the whiteboard. There's just all these squiggly lines going all these directions and they get out there and what happens? Brandon Jennings gets the inbounds pass and just pounds the ball at the top of the key the whole time. Everybody's standing around. He's just pounding it, chucks up like a 25 footer, clanks off the rim. They go to overtime and probably <laughs> like, it's like they've come a long way since then. <laughs> they really but um, oh my god, right, real quick though, before we get into these quarterbacks, I need to rant yeah. just a little bit on yeah, the yeah. topic that we, we we've touched on a little bit. You know, it's not sports related, but so last week, I took a little road trip for Go Long, drove down to Virginia uh, from Buffalo here to, we'll say it on here on the podcast so folks can subscribe and look forward to it. Hung out with Antonio Gibson, Washington Ooh. football team running back. Uh, great conversation. Learned a ton about Antonio, where he's from, what makes him tick, why he's different. Um, can't wait to write this story. We'll, we'll probably have it up in a, in a couple of weeks or so. But on the drive down, so it's, you know, I headed off early in the morning, going down 219 through Pennsylvania, logging roads, you know, it's a, it's a fun little trip. Yeah. yeah, a little hungry at some point. 
went to a McDonald's, got a got in line, you know, not many people there. And I'm in there, get a breakfast sandwich, and out of nowhere comes like this pot-bellied, angry, just the look on his face. He wanted blood. And he gets in the face of the, the cashier, you know, whoever's working there at McDonald's. Where's my sweet tea? I ordered a sweet tea 20 minutes ago. Where the hell is it? And she couldn't have been nicer. Said, sir, I'm so sorry. We must have forgot about it. Oh. I'll get it right to you. First of all, why are you ordering sweet tea at like 7 a.m.? Like that's kind of a weird time to get sweet tea, I think. And he was relentless even after she apologized. Like three or four different times, Jim. He's like getting into her face. What? This is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. I've been waiting 20 minutes. And she just super nice, apologizes again and again and again. Gets a sweet tea, no thank you, just storms off. And I look at the woman, I'm like, I'm so sorry for that human being. Like that, and that comes back to her point. Like, if you see, like I beg and plead anybody out I'm there, here. if you were and this woman, she's probably like 65, 70 oh. years old. Like oh. she's working at McDonald's, probably just like to get paycheck to paycheck, like contributing, contributing to society. Mm-mm. I got so mad, Jim. I got so freaking pissed off because what did we talk about a couple of podcasts ago? Nobody wants to work today because the way it's set up right now, not to get all political, it's pretty easy to just sit on your ass and not work. And every place I stopped on the way down to Virginia and on the way back, whether it's Sheets, McDonald's, right, right. you know, lunch, breakfast, along the way. You see signs like the, all these places are begging people to work. Like, please, we like everybody's hiring. Yeah, we'll give you bonuses. We'll give you perks. Just everybody's hiring. Everybody wants people to work. And like, here's this guy just treating this poor woman like absolute shit. And it's like, dude, like she's working. Like she's helping you out. Like she's do she's doing everything she can. I'm like, shut the hell up. I wish I would have told him that actually, but I don't know. Please, I'll- let's just treat everybody with kindness and respect if they're like helping you out and they're in the workforce because. It's a lot of people that don't even want to do that. I'm still stuck on the fact that when you told this story about this guy, that he said he was waiting 20 minutes for a sweet tea. Yeah. At some point in those 20 minutes, don't you just go up and nicely ask like where your sweet oh. tea is? That's kind of weird. I don't think I've ever, it's never taken me more than three to five minutes to finish any meal I've ever had at McDonald's. Three to five minutes. <laughs> There's no way. I would ever sit for yeah. 20 minutes and wait for a sweet tea. That that guy, yeah, it's a shame we we don't know who he is. I mean, that's a guy I know. we all should just yeah. He, he, definitely a shopping cart guy. Definitely a game oh. in the elevator before you get out. Oh. Guy, he's hanging with Pete Carroll every night. He There's is. No doubt. Yep. The airport slides into the gate. He's boom. He's out of his seat. He's got places <laughs> to be. Um, just just a bad bad person. What was Whaley? Uh, wouldn't merge. Wouldn't wouldn't leave the right lane when no hanging, trying in to le- hanging in the left lane right like or hanging left left yep. lane yeah yeah exactly we should we have to make that a segment you know if anybody out there's listening and has a good title for that like we need to make that a segment and come up with something new so now we're gonna we're gonna add mcdonald's guy to it right? oh he's that's, on that's just, he's on it he's on it he's on it yeah my god and as i left and I, she she gave me my food i'm like yeah that sorry again like that guy like i was like that was just unbelievable i can't believe i just witnessed that and she just she just smiled and she goes can i just come with you can i just leave please <laughs> just can i just come 
I wanted to be like, yes, you can just come and live with us in Boston, New York, please. We 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 have a spare bedroom. Like there's a second sun arrives. We like, gotta you, make you have a place to get as okay. far away from that existence. Oh my god. <laughs> Man. All right, Jim. Well, let's talk a little football, shall we? Yeah, I wanted to touch on Antonio Gibson quick. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know, when I was watching these quarterbacks this year. It was a, it's always a good chance to see receivers, skill guys when you're watching it kind of will always jump out. And um, he's a good player. You know, it, the guy that really caught my eye was for Washington was the receiver McLaurin, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Like he's re- much better than I really knew. I never really studied him or knew much about him. So McLaurin to me kind of was like, wow, he, this guy's for real receiver. But Gibson is, man, he's got a toughness to him. That is just, yeah, there's a reason he's making it. He does. I mean, you know, college wide receiver that is now one of the best running backs potentially in the NFL. <sighs> I just don't see that very often. You know, the way he makes play, he moves. makes plays like he really finishes, like he finishes well. So, and it's a team, it's a franchise that really, let's face it, they don't have an identity. There's not much uh-huh. buzz, but they're really, really good. Like, this is a team that's, I, I think, you know, they should compete to win the division, make the playoffs, no, make a little noise, no. built from the inside out. But it's like they literally don't even have a name. So we got into all that. So if everybody wants to check it out, go along td.com, right? Subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel like this is probably the most topical thing to get into this week because mm-hmm. – these are huge decisions to make. And, and everybody will say like, okay, obviously, you know what, Jim, before I get into this, my dog Edmund is whining like a mad person back there. I'll be right back. I'm just going to hit pause. Let's go. So these are some pretty massive decisions that all three franchises have to make Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore. And I think everybody's going to say like, Oh, of course these deals are going to get done just a matter of when, not if, and that's probably the case. But as we've talked about on here, I mean, there've been teams that paid a lot of money to quarterbacks, regretted paying that money to those quarterbacks. Look at what Wentz and golf. They went one, two, not too long ago. And boom, both those guys are gone. So I, you still got to tread carefully a little bit and, and the price is going up, 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 up. You know, you look at the top five, annual salary Patrick Mahomes is number one at 45 million per year Dak Prescott's number two at 40 Deshaun Watson number three at 39 Russ Wilson 35 and then my boy Jared Goff coming in hot at 33.5 mil um Aaron Rodgers also at 33.5 million so I I guess the market is if I'm an agent for any three of these guys you're going to be asking between 40 and 45 right like why would I mean, why would yeah. you take less than what Dak Prescott just signed for? To you, I mean, we can start with any quarterback you want, any direction you want, but like as a as a former director of personnel, how would you navigate this situation? It's a good problem to have, right? You have a quarterback, right? You you'd rather have that guy than not have that guy. But that's a lot of money, however you slice it. Um, I don't know. I think it's important to you know, you're paying attention, like, just like buying a home, you get the comparables and that's what you do with contracts. So you're looking at the comparables, like you're just talking about. And are you going to say that is Josh Allen, is that how you go into the negotiation? Is Josh Allen better than Dak Prescott? You know, 
I mean, that's really where I mean that's where you're gonna and is he better than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, it's he's gonna get. I think Josh personally is gonna get like it's gonna be up there. It's there's no question about it to me that it's gonna be a huge contract. I'm interested to see what Baltimore does. We I've kind of mentioned this before, but I. For some reason, like it's time. It's time for me to see him not be the reason they lose the playoff game. And I'm not saying he's the reason they lose. I'm not saying that. But are you are you gonna be special enough making plays, passing the football in the playoffs? Like, I mean, we gotta see it. Like it's not that he's not a special playmaker. We know that. And we don't we know he's tough and we know he is obviously gonna get you to the you know, the final four in your conference. I mean, he's proven that. But now how do you get to the Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl? I think I think Lamar Jackson really has something to prove when it comes to playoff football. I really do. Baker Mayfield, you're keeping him. I mean, you're doing you're you're not losing him. And, and he's gonna be up there too. I it's it's really I don't feel like there's much um debate with these guys. I mean, you'd love to keep all of them. You know, obviously if Lamar shows you my point with Lamar is at some point, you've catered your offense to his skill set, which every great coach should do, okay? And that's good. But is this offense playoff good enough to get to the Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl? And that's, you know, and, and then that's because that's what you have to really decide. So I'm, that's, the one, that's the one guy I'm interested to see how they handle that. Let's start with Lamar Jackson then. I mean, that's yeah. probably the most fascinating of the three. Yeah. That I think was so, so well said. And you know, I have his playoff numbers right here. So, like, I mean, that's what it's about. You're going to pay a guy this much money. You got to win in January. 2018 is rookie season. They lose to the Chargers, right? 14 to 29, 194, two touchdowns, one pick, 78.8 passer rating. He ran nine times for 54 yards. That Titans game was kind of weird. You know, the Titans got ahead and the Ravens had to play from behind. So the numbers might seem a little better than they even were, right? He was 31 <laughs> of 59, 365 yards, a touchdown, two picks. And he did run for 20 times for 143. So you say that's a lot of yards. I don't know. I remember being there covering it for Bleacher Report. It, it, he didn't play well, to your point. He didn't that game. Yeah. And then the Bills game, they lose 17 to 3. And he is the reason that they lose. I mean, Baltimore's defense did more than enough. They held Buffalo to 10 offensive points um, all over the field. And Lamar, 14 to 24, a buck 62. The pick six, obviously, when they're going in the score was the difference. And then he had that concussion and he was done. So, and also he only ran for 34 yards that game. So I get it. No, that's so true. It it sounds, it might sound crazy. I know I'm not trying to, I'm I'm saying if you, at what point, like what, when, when do you say, let's start, hold on, let's start like this. There's probably no way they're letting Lamar Jackson leave. I mean, I can't imagine this. I'm just saying if it was me, I would actually bring it up. If I was in the front office there that I would say, Hey, He's not, we're not, he's not the reason we're winning in the playoffs. Like he's hurting us. You can't be the reason as the quarterback in the playoffs that you're hurting your team. And if you're hurting your team, that's, you know, come on. I mean, Josh Allen's figured that out where 
you know, where he, he would have plays where it was kind of like, God, how do you kind of some crazy fumble or trying to extend the play? You know, I, I think he's really worked on that. And, and you see that you see his ability, you know, maturing that way. And Lamar still could do they're They're going to do different things this year on offense. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them and it might and it might click. It might be maybe they got more pieces that they really want to do what they need to do. You know, I'm going to I'm going to support mm. Lamar Jackson in this debate. Yep. And it's good to have a little debate here because we agree way too often, Jim. But like, I think he can thread that needle. I think I think. OK, here's a quarterback who threw the ball only 30 times twice last year, which is crazy to think. Right. In a passing league, your starting quarterback threw the ball more than 30 times twice in 18 games or no, he maybe he missed a game in there with COVID and COVID hit him hard. But that's right. kind of the point. I think early on last season, COVID just destroyed Lamar's body. He struggled to get back to form from that. And he was trying to be too much of a passer early in the year. And we, we had uh, Joshua Harris as his quarterbacks coach on, on a happy hour, encourage all subscribers out there to go check it out because he was pretty honest about Baltimore's offense and Greg Roman and what is wrong in that offense with Greg Roman. And obviously it's from that Lamar perspective through that Lamar lens, but thought that was really, really interesting. But his, the point he made um, for a story we also had was he said, let me just pull it up his comment. He said that early in the, year, in the season, he thought Lamar was just trying to be too much of a quarterback. Quote, to be honest, I felt like he got away from that a little bit of getting that X component in there. Give this place just to, but when it's not there, let's get outside of the pocket. Let's get busy. We've seen that the last three weeks. This is during the season last year. That's where you see the MVP. That's all the growth. Da, 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 da. There's nobody else on the planet like Lamar Jackson. He's just starting to figure that out. So you look at his numbers, Jim, toward the end of the year when he was finally healthy. And I mean, my God, there's just nobody doing this kind of stuff. So they had, they ended the season on a five game winning streak. He ran for 94, 124, 80, 97 in there. That Cleveland game comes to mind, right? When he comes back, wins the wow. game at the end. I mean, they beat a good Giants defense. He was super efficient. I just think it doesn't look normal. It looks different. He's kind of Barry Sanders with an arm, but I think it can be a good thing. If, if you've got like this unicorn, this weapon, this thing that nobody else has, find a way to use that to the best of its ability. And I could be dead wrong, but I think that the issues in the playoffs, maybe more on others, maybe some coaching in there, maybe some supporting cast in there. I just had their, uh, their depth chart up. I mean, they, what they added I, a ton of, a ton of <clears throat> weapons, right? They added Rashawn Bateman. Yeah. Jimmy Watkins, I, Rashad Bateman, I agree sorry, with you, Sam Watkins. So it's, yeah, they did. They did. They there. That's what I'm saying. I want to see, you know, they've obviously said, okay, what can we do to get to that next step? And they've committed to more weapons. And I like that they're receivers. And I agree. Lamar Jackson makes throws that are special. He really does. He did he will, I'm just, in, uh, passing touchdowns his MVP season, right? Like he can throw. And, and, and he, there's no doubt he can throw. It's a matter of just, we talked about this before, just don't always make your receivers work so hard on some basic throws. And, and cause that can add up and it can lead to missing third downs. And I'm just saying that those are the small things that these great quarterbacks, you, you don't always notice, but a big part of 
when these guys are getting coached is where they're placing the football on every route. That's how, I mean, that's how precise this stuff is. It's not just about run this route on this step drop. It's, Hey, he's hitting you on the left inside shoulder. You know, Hey, you got, you gotta be ready to spin out. The corner's going to be coming back. You gotta be, it is that. And the accuracy is so big. Lamar Jackson, what he has done, it's, it's, he's, I mean, we, we always debate, my friends and I always debate Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, like, Biggest debate, two of the just history, you know, historic guys that have never looked like this, have played like this. It's incredible, like, to watch them. Who would you take, then, in that? I'm, I'm a Vic. Really? I'm Mike Vic. I am. Now, we we debate, though. We have it, we have it going both ways. So, we have it, we have a heated, good heated discussion on it. Are we I talking? thought when Michael Vick went to Lambeau Field and won, um, in Atlanta, and that's when nobody was winning in Lambo back then. I was like, that was that to me said this guy has something special that we can't even believe. Like, and Lamar just needs that type of moment, I think, you know, and and see what happens after he gets that playoff defining moment. Right. I don't think it was that win over Tennessee last year either. It was a good win for him, right? He did win a playoff game. He did run. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And a touchdown no doubt. that game. Yeah. But it was boom. What goes into Buffalo, it's windy as hell, and they just can't do anything on offense. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I take Lamar in that debate. I just think he's got a, yeah. a little bit more touch as a passer. I think of Michael Vick, and I just think of like every throw – being like an absolute laser beam through yeah. the brick wall. I don't know. I mean, you were around him a little bit more. Based I don't disagree with you on that. I just thought it was incredible. Like just watching Mike Vick play that position was just, that was it for me. Shouldn't let her, let it enter the debate too, man, but I'm a dog lover. It's uh right. It is kind of, yeah. Like there, we'll never a- see a story like that. There is nothing again. good, good, nothing good about that. That was, uh, Awful. Brutal. Brutal. I know. I know. You were with New Orleans by the time Andy Reid gave him that second shot, right? You weren't with the I was. And and that's just look at what he did with that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how really gifted he was as a as a player. He did pay his debt to society, right? He He did. did. He did. And you know, I hope he's doing some good with that all. Not to kind of detail in a whole new direction here, but um all right. So that's Lamar. We both agree. Then they probably got to pay him. You're the GM. Oh yeah. How much are you paying him per year? And how what's the structure mm. of the contract? I mean, that's the that's that's where you're that's where you're doing all the comparables. I mean, who who are you? Um, at what point are you saying can we beat the Chiefs? Can we beat the Bills? You know. In the long run, are we? Can we beat those guys? Can we beat those great quarterbacks with Lamar? That's kind of what they have to figure out. You know, if they say that they can, then they got to pay him right in that range. And let's go. Didn't answer the question, though, Jim. What are we talking here? 41, 42 million years? Yeah. Five years? At this point, that's what these. That's what these guys are getting. I know. I, you know, you're right. Even my even answer if, to me, I'm keep. Yeah, you pay him. That's what the, that's what the rate is. You'd probably would even with those reservations do it now, right? Like still could do it right now. I mean, still Dad could do Prescott it. Yeah, broke his damn leg and is 
You do it right now. His stock went. Yeah. Yes. Like, what do you wait? Like, if you're a team, are you waiting for him to be worse and then pay him when he's worth? Like, no. You kind of know. Three years in, you know. You're going to yeah. do something one way or another. I agree. Yep. I agree with you totally. We talk about Josh Allen a lot, but I think the question yeah. here is, right, like, is what we saw last season Yeah, I think so. For real. What we're right. going to see year in, year out. Because we haven't seen this. I mean, what, 6'5", 245, 250, athletic, fast, rocket arm, juggernaut offense regular in the regular season anyways, and an MVP candidate. I think he was, what, second in the voting. So he's going he's gonna to want, want 45 mil a year. Yeah, and guess what? You figure your way out to do it. I'm just saying it's that you don't mess it up. Just it, It's going to get done. It's going to get worked out. I mean – I just remember like the Drew Brees stuff in New Orleans when I was there, you know, it was tough. I mean, that was a hard thing. I mean, but they got it done. I mean, it didn't seem like it was ever going to be able to work. You know, it's, and just, it got done because there's no way you can lose these court. You can't lose these guys. Because of the history here in Buffalo too. Like you can't (sighs) ignore that. Like, you know how tough it is to find this guy. So I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I do want to see him do it again, but I mean, all signs just look so positive the way he's just really matured, I think, as a quarterback. So I, but yeah, they got to see it again for sure. But hey, this is it. Keep them, pay them. Those are the easy decisions. I hate to say it, but they kind of are. I mean, you're in this business to find these types of quarterbacks, you know? Then it's on you as a GM, as a front yes. office, as a scouting yes. department to draft yes. better than they are drafting. Better, no question. And that's what we, that's exactly where you're going to get scrutinized now as a GM that's okay, everything's been great. Okay. You, you got everything's headed in the right direction, but this is it. How are you not winning Super Bowls with the current roster? That's what's going to get looked at now. If you have the quarterback in place, why are we not in the Super Bowl? Maybe so. they're different uh, circumstances, but like I think a Carson Wentz, or I'm sorry, Derek mm-hmm. Carr in 2016, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz since 2017, before their mid to late December season-ending injuries, they were going to be the MVPs. Like yeah, down. it wasn't even close. Good call. I mean, Carr with that Raiders team. It, God, I, I like Carr. I like Derek Carr is a. I really like Carr. Carr is a really is damn good quarterback. He's really good. Like he is, he is such a good quarterback. And guys rally around. There was something special about that team. You know, they had a game against Buffalo. I was out there working on a Derek Carr story at BR and the, the, these players said it, like you can just feel it around him. Like in the fourth quarter, you're down, but you're going to find a way to win. And that game, I mean, the bills were dominating. You guys were, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You were there. What am I talking about? You're there. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys are dominating the game. And <sighs> that wasn't, that just, was not a fun, that was not a fun one. What do you remember about that game? Just questioning a lot of things were getting questioned by a lot of people. Yeah. No, that one sticks out. Oh, that one was like, what is happening right now? Like. It's totally so, yeah. from what I remember. Right. Like it was, it was ugly. Like there was no, like, no reason we should have lost that, you know. 
but they had a a good thing with Carr, with Amari Cooper, yes, Khalil yes. Mack. You know, there were problems on defense, obviously. There were some problems elsewhere, but like, what do they do? Well, they give the keys to John Gruden and he just screws it all up. So, <laughs> is that on Derek Carr? Like, you gave Derek Carr this contract. Is do you, do you blame Derek Carr for not being the same quarterback since 2016? Mm. I don't know. I think a lot of that's on the front office. And then to the oh. extreme, Look at Philadelphia. I mean, give me a break. Car- Carson Wentz that season. Look, maybe he did get the case of the yips. Maybe there's something mental he's got to kind of work through. I've heard that from some people in the league that he just isn't yeah. as confident, you know, improvising and creating. Yeah. Like, because when he was that MVP quarterback in 2017, that's what he was doing. It was just improvisation. Oh. It was like he just made magic happen, a lot like Josh Allen did last season really similar like just making a throw out of nowhere and the acl happens maybe that is there's some of that but they did him no favors like at all you pass on dk metcalf and justin jefferson for other receivers in back-to-back drafts and your line kind of goes to shit right um the defense has all kinds of issues is that carson wentz's fault i don't think so i don't think so so you give Josh Allen this money, pressure's on. Like, oh yeah, you've got a good thing going at quarterback, but you got to start hitting on guys like Damar Hamlin, you know, in the sixth round at corner. You you got to start finding diamonds in the rough to to win Super Bowls. Um, it's gonna be interesting, but they, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we're sitting here though, Jim, July 11th, and. Who knows? Maybe, you know, this podcast comes out and the deal's done. But, like, I part of me thought it'd be done by now. Just for Josh? Yeah, yeah. I agree. But it's going to get done. It, I, it's really – I swear, it's it's like I wouldn't even – whenever it's going to happen. You know, it's just one of those things, you you, you know, as a, as a Bills fan, you obviously just want to see it. But it's going to happen. Like, you don't need to worry about when, you know, if. It's just a matter of – just reading about what the amount is. <laughs> well, the good thing though, Jim, they got a lot of those Whaley Monus picks and signings still in town. So you still got Hyde and Poyer back there at safety. Matt Milano there, a linebacker, gets his deal. That, guys. Was, that was a good Whaley Monus draft pick, right? Trey White. <laughs> Trey Dion. White. Trey White, right? We pulled hey, that was, with the Mahomes. You know stuff. what? It's fun that we, you know what, like we talked about, it's, it's cool that we were a part of that as a team. Like it really was a good team draft. Like we, we worked really well with those coaches, Sean McDermott. When we really, he led a good job. Like we did a really nice job as a team. And I think that's the result of that. You know, the firing wasn't because of, of that, you know, any of that, the firing was simply Sean and and Whaley weren't hitting it off. And and Sean wanted Bean and Google's took his side and they should, that's, that's their guy. So had nothing to do with the draft, and that's part of the business. So, it's crazy to me though how you you guys are forgotten with that offseason. Yeah, you know it, what? It, it, it's not right. Like, I mean, you see lists that uh, come out, and it's like you, it's it's almost I've heard people kind of assume that you guys didn't have your fingerprints on anything that happened, start to finish that whole offseason. No, that no. and that offseason was the tipping point in a lot of ways yeah. for the roster and granted Josh nope. Allen is Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, but like there were, you guys did a lot of good. No, we've roster. talked about it. That 
we were just proud that whole the free agency was well run um, by all everybody involved. It was all of us and the coaches again, and heavily involved. And and they had a big hand in Poyer, like they had a little history with Poyer, and that was a big you know that helped that really helped get him. And Hyde was a guy everybody liked, you know. Um, Hauska the kicker, you know that was yeah, just a good. Yeah, we just had some good, you know, really good free agent class. So definitely it was cool to be a part of that. You know, it, it leaves you, you know, whether or not I ever work in the NFL again, at least I can look back on that and say, hey, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad. It really wasn't, you know, to see it, it, it never, it's never as good as you, you know, you're never as good as you think you are, but you're never as bad as you think you are either. Well, NFL teams out there, come on. Why? <laughs> I love talking football with Jim Onis here, but. You know, yeah, it's, it's no, it's ridiculous. it's been good though, Tyler. It's been good. I mean, we're we're debating stuff that I would love decisions on, like should we keep Josh? It's just how much yeah. Should we. Yeah, I mean, those are the, you hit the hardest part is getting those guys, and they did that. So, well, we'll see. Gonna happen. Gonna be a lot of money, and hey, they also have to pay for a new stadium at some point too. So, Ooh. a lot of spending Ooh. here in Buffalo. A lot of spending. Um, Cleveland, do you want to shift gears? Yes, let's do it. So you think it's a done deal? Um, kind of. I think it's probably a lot of the same reasons, right? This is a franchise that's just been swimming in just no man's land at torment at the quarterback position for two decades. You got a guy that brought you to the playoffs, that won a playoff game, that players want to play for, just has that swagger to him that just, I don't know, that the F you kind of demeanor that the Cleveland Browns needed, right? Like they, I mean, this is just a, a team that's just been absolute garbage for so long. Like that's what you needed a Baker Mayfield to just zap life into your organization. I, it, it's just like the perfect quarterback at the perfect time. I guess the the argument would be, oh, well, is he a system guy, right? Kevin Stefanski, you know, yeah, that system's really damn good and that offensive line's really <clears> good, but you still got have to have the quarterback that's going to go however many pass attempts he went without an interception. It was insane last year and had the season he had without Odell Beckham, right? He didn't have his best receiver. I think you pay him. I think you pay him a lot of money. I don't think you think twice about it. Agree. I don't really know much else to say. I mean, we've talked about Cleveland, you know, this last couple of times. They, they're legit. I believe in that head coach, that front office came in and Andrew Barry's done a great job. All three of these quarterbacks that we're talking about, Josh Allen, Lamar and Baker, those franchises are all very well run right now where the owners kind of are out of the way, but they want to win and they're willing to spend the win. All three have legit head coaches, proven head coaches, and then they all have quarterbacks. So these are the, these are your, this is your Super Bowl formula. These are my, you know, these teams are going to be in the mix as long as well as KC, obviously. So it's, um, yeah, you pay Baker and, and let's go. You know, you don't, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. And Jimmy Haslam had some issues he's, with the interfering for a while. So he, it seems like I he's think he learned. Back. I, that's exactly, I agree, Tyler. I feel like he learned something because he really went away a little bit. You didn't hear much and he must've realized and give him credit, give him credit. Oh man. We, we've touched on it a few times, you know, wouldn't that be difficult because 
so uh, July 4th, I know everybody was probably out with their families and they should be, they're not sitting <laughs> around watching TV all day. And I wasn't either, but I saw NFL network had a marathon going. I think what is it? America's game. You know, the team that won the Super Bowl. they do like an hour long <laughs> special, like the story of that team. I'm kind of a sucker for this stuff. I know it's all positive and optimism and, you know, and this, everything's, you know, hunky dory. whatever. It's fun. I like watching the old nineties highlights. So I recorded a bunch of them. And one of the ones I recorded was the 95 Cowboys. And there was the lead up to that season. There's a lot of pressure on Jerry Jones, right? He ran Jimmy Johnson out of town. They bring mm-hmm. in Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. Barry Switzer, yeah. The Niners in the NFC Championship game in 94. And everybody's asking him, like, you're interfering. Like, you're interfering. Like, are you, you're meddling. You're meddling. You're interfering. Like, his response was kind of like, you know, you call it meddling. Well, hey, I worked my ass off to get to this point. Like, I'm going to run the show. I'm going to do what I want. Like, we've won a lot of games. We've won two Super Bowls. And I think that's probably why we've seen a lot of the problems for the Dallas Cowboys since 1995. They haven't made it to the conference championship game since. Maybe more on that and go along. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but part of me does kind of empathize and understand where he's coming from. If I'm Jerry Jones, if I'm any one of these billionaire owners, right, and I, and I love sports and – I made a shit ton of money in an industry and I buy a team. Am I just going to sit around and not meddle and do nothing? Like I would, the, the urge, you made, you're raising your hand. The urge to meddle would be so strong for me. I would want to be right in there, like scouting, making decisions and tell it. It's gotta, it's gotta be tough to just hire people and empower people and let them do their thing. There's gotta be such a suffocating of ego to do that, which you're a billionaire to begin with. You probably have an ego. That's gotta be tough. It's gotta be difficult to not meddle. Am I wrong? You're looking at me like I'm dead wrong. No, you're not wrong because it happens. No, you're not wrong because it happens. I can't understand how if you're a billionaire and you buy an NFL team, how you're not living somewhere else all the time, fly in for the game, shake some hands, sit in a suite, drink some wine, laugh it up. Hey, hope we win and let's keep it moving. I, you're not going to lose money on an NFL team. Like, so what is your stress? Like, yeah, of course you want to win a Super Bowl. So yeah, keep, keep trying to, if you want to get involved in the hiring processes, keep until you get the right GM and head coach. Okay. You can, you should be involved in that. It's your team. But after you feel like you hired the right GM and head coach, when you feel confident as an owner that you do have the right people in place, that's when bye-bye. You're not going to see me. In fact, you might not even see me for some bad games either. I'm checking the weather too. Like I might not be like there for every game. Because the opposite is like Donald Sterling is the other extreme, right? Like where you're like, you really, you only care about making money and you could give two shits about whether the team wins or loses. Two shits. It's a business venture for you. If they're making you a lot of money, you're good. You know, the you're cheap. You don't care. You're distant. Um, I don't know. There's probably a lot of owners like that out there as well. So there's got to be some type of, you know, I think I, you just kind of struck the balance the way you described it there. Tom Benson in New Orleans, you know, he's passed away now, but when I talked about like, he was around and like, just, he was always around, but not like heavily involved with football decisions. 
And he loved New Orleans. He loved the Saints. And it was really cool to be a part of seeing that, you know, team and turn around, especially after Katrina and how much it meant to him as an owner. It, it meant it, like he was just so, and they treated us like first class, but he was so happy. It was just like, man, this guy really, this really meant so much to him. And so, but, but he never was like over the top. He never was in, in the head coaches, you know, at that time. And I don't know if he was like that, you know, younger, but. Maybe Cleveland figured it out. Maybe Haslam yeah. has kind of turned that corner and, and has yeah. infrastructure that he really wants there. Um, and, you know, you got the quarterback. So I, Cleveland is going to be him. a fun team to watch this year, man. No doubt. Jadavion Clowney, I mean, if he can turn it on, like the talent's there. It's always been there but he just bounces from team to team, to team, to team, maybe for one year, he can kind of put it together because you got miles Garrett on the other side that that front could be tough. I think there's, I think football is going to be incredibly fun. There's a, it starts with quarterbacks. Like we always talk about that this whole show. (laughs) There are a lot of really good quarterbacks right now. Like I'm talking great, really good. However you want to say it, which means there's a lot of teams that have chances. So it, it is. It is fascinating. It never gets old talking quarterbacks. Speaking of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen there, I, Jim? I haven't really paid attention. Is it? What's he doing? Is, is something going on? To, is... Well, he's golfing and he's, you know, there's been a few. No, I tried not to talk. I didn't want to talk about him. You know, it's, it, it has been the one storyline that has managed to. Uh, kind of plow through the NBA and NHL playoffs and remain at the forefront of every sports fans. My, I guess the only thing that's happened, right. He's, he was at a couple of golf outings, the, the match, and then mm-hmm. something else. He's this in, weekend. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, he's going to enjoy the hell out of that weekend and then work out. And Hey, well, what was it like, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. So managing to troll and, you know, inject a little hope and, I don't know. I guess be passive aggressive as he's been this whole time. I'm, I'm just surprised we didn't get another, you know, puppy who lost his way soliloquy at, at some point about the people. I can't people? wait to see just, just because of everything you've done with this story. I can't wait to see just what happens. Like who, if he ends up coming back or not, I just, I just can't wait. Cause Part of me has said, I, I think he's going to come back. Yeah. But you, you know, obviously I have no clue. You have at least investigated and researched and spoke to people. I have zero clue. I just don't understand who he's going to go to right now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come into a team right now and just at this point and be ready to win a Super Bowl. Well, just to clean up what I said, it was the American Century Championship Celebrity Golf Tournament in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he said, quote, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this week, and then I'm going to get back to working out and figure things out in a couple weeks. Ugh. So that was that. Was that. And um, I don't think you really read too much into it. Like, I don't think, honestly, I don't think anything's changed. It's crazy how the, the story has had so much legs, but... You know, 
when the bomb was dropped day one of the draft and we wrote it then it's when you're out you're out this is his personality the situation is they want him to be the starting quarterback they want to pay him a lot of money they don't want to give up on jordan love and structure aaron Rodgers' contract in a way that would make that as such right that if you're going to read between the lines i think that's probably what rogers wants right he wants his contract structured in a way that makes you admit that the love pick was a screw up somehow okay um, or you can't I, turn you can't turn to him for like three years something no. crazy like that and green bay yeah. wants to have some outs in place and brian gudikins is going to be the gm aaron Rodgers. I think we have to assume he wants him fired because he hasn't come out and denied that Yahoo report. Think about it. If you're a starting quarterback and that report comes out and you don't just shout from the mountaintops that that's a bunch of BS and not true, then I guess we, I guess that's what you think. Like it's okay. Yeah. You, former players are saying it's not true. Okay. Whatever. Like, what do you have to say? We haven't heard from you. I agree with you. So, it's, it that, seems, it just seems, no, you're right. It just seems like you wouldn't want to, if you didn't have a firm belief in anything you're doing, like, what are you doing this for? Like, what are you stringing everybody along for? Or right. so you're, that's it. He's got a firm belief. And if, if you're that dug in, do you just show up day one at training camp? Right. Which Look, he I'm can not, do. I'm not going to say it's 100% he's not. Right. But, Everybody You're, I talked to, no, I know, is dug in. Know. So it's, we'll see. It, it's entertaining as hell, and it makes it fun, and maybe not fun for a lot of Packer fans who want to know what the hell's going on right now. Oh, they are going to be. It's good. <laughs> I'll give Packer fans a ton of credit, Jim. They see it for what it is. They really do. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you can really blame the Packers with as much much vitriol as you do see from certain people in the media, but like, man, eh, we've talked about it enough on here, but like I, they see it. Like if, if you're an MVP quarterback, just keep playing football, keep playing it well, and you'll make them look ridiculous with your play. If, mm -hmm. if you think it was a bad pick, that's it. And the bucks oh, are killing the Suns here. So maybe they're happy, you know, <laughs> I just, Aaron Rodgers might be dug in on, I will come back if these, whatever he's talking about with his agent, with if they have certain demands, if they want to do something different, I will come back if this is the case. If not, then he has another plan that he's comfortable with. Hmm. And then it's like, does he need football to be happy? That's what I'm saying. His next plan would be, hey, I can, you know, I can walk away. I'm okay with that. Like, it could be that simple. I just don't know how I just feel like going like you're him. And obviously if you're going to keep playing right now, you want to win a Super Bowl. And why would you leave a team that you've been, you're right there. Like you guys know you're good enough to win a Super Bowl right now. Like, what are you going to do? You want to go ship? You want to go play for Denver at just cause everybody thinks just cause you go to Denver, you're going to be great. Like it's not that easy. You don't know anybody out there. You don't have any investment in Denver right now. And you're going to go out there right in July and learning offense and players at, at that age, like Brady was there for a while, you know, Brady was, he wasn't just like, you know, he didn't just show up to Tampa and, and just, I mean, he put, he put, he invested himself in Tampa. Like yeah. 
right away. You know, he committed to that team right away. He moved. I mean, he, he was all on board. So I don't know. I just don't think it's that simple just be, where if Aaron Rodgers gets traded and whoever he gets traded to is like, I think there's more to it. I don't know what point if you're a teammate, I get it. He, he comes out and he supports his teammates and loves his teammates. Yeah. And they obviously want him to be the quarterback because he's going to make them a lot of money because he's so good. You know, everybody wins in that yeah. scenario. But at what point as a teammate, you'd be hey, it's kind of like, what the, what the hell, dude? Like, yeah. are we chopped liver? Like, really? Like, the way it is here is it's, it's pretty damn good. Is it perfect? Maybe not. Is Green Bay a little archaic in the way they do business? Maybe, you know, maybe they are. Maybe they're, maybe they have gotten a little too corporate. Maybe it's not little old Green Bay, you know, smack dab in the middle of Northeast Wisconsin, you know, with the shareholder. Like, maybe it has changed like structurally, but yeah. has, is it really <clears throat> at that point where you want to hold everybody hostage through August, September, October, to prove that point, is it really worth that, Aaron? If I'm, I'm just trying to get the mind of a teammate, like you, you, you would think for their sake, he would want to fight for them and play for them when you were within one third and goal sellout at the goal line of making it to the Super Bowl as Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, he didn't didn't sell out then, sell out now. Do it, do it for your, do it for your players, do it for your teammates. Um, that could be the Packers thinking, right? Like the, maybe that's the reason Mark Murphy and Brian Gudikins haven't taken the advice of, uh, go long, go long TD.com and traded Aaron Rodgers because they think at the end of the day, he won't be able to get past that. Like that he, that he might dislike us a ton. He might hate us, but he's not going to hate his teammates. And he's not going to make them suffer. Um, maybe that's their hope. It's kind of weird and twisted, I think. I still think, like, you need a, a direction. You need to be decisive. You need a plan. You need – do it for the other 52 guys in that on that team or 89 right now. Mm-hmm. Like, do it for them. You owe it to them. Because how do you take anybody seriously, like, in the film room? Like, if Matt LaFleur is, like, just trashing you – like for not selling out on a play. I'm sitting there like, oh, wait a minute. Like, well, well you, you're, you're fawning over a quarterback that doesn't want to be here. <laughs> you're begging him to come back. He doesn't want to be here. I don't know. The human element of it really fascinates me. Dude, no, we've man. talked about that too. I mean, I've never understood this and I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, mm-hmm. but I've never understood what, what, like, like we talked about, you guys turned, you picked off Brady three times. And you didn't do anything with that. I mean, that to me was the biggest, you know, craziness to me of that whole Aaron Rodgers game. Not even that end. The ending was ridiculous too, but. Yeah. Doug nailed it a couple weeks ago, didn't he? Doug Whaley. I mean, when he said, we're all sitting here talking about stuff that isn't Aaron Rodgers going one and four in the NFC championship game. And right there. Into Tom Brady. Yeah. And, and basically Brady's saying, I'm the GOAT. Like, I'm the greatest ever. There's there's no discussion. We're, on two, we're in two totally different stratospheres. Like, Aaron Rodgers, great regular season quarterback, Tom Brady, all-time winner. So, mm. all right. Well, we couldn't get through a podcast without not we talking Aaron Rodgers, of course. Wait, we didn't mention before we get off, because we didn't bring this guy up, but mm-hmm. I don't think, but Mahomes, he – 
I saw he, I don't know if he won the longest drive in this, um, that Tahoe, the golf tournament out in Tahoe that they're all playing in. Mm -hmm. But I saw on Twitter, he hit one, like, I think they said like 347 or something. Might, and I think, think it said he was leading the open drive turning. I was like, this guy. He, you know, people good living. He's making a good living. God, I mean, even he didn't look too stressed. Patrick Mahomes didn't look too stressed. You know what's cool about Patrick Mahomes? Like his best friends, like they're not celebrities and they're not like other professional players. They're like just good dudes that he grew up with, like playing youth sports in high school sports. (laughs) I've talked to some of them for stories over the years, and like, like Coleman Patterson. I never forget. He, like he said, like Patrick Mahomes has this ability to just pick up any sport and just dominate it, like anything, anything. Like I mean, obviously everybody knows he's he was this incredible baseball player, but like basketball, like the way he saw the court and his vision. I mean, there's this pass he made from his end line in a high school game, like underhanded, kind of a sidearm sweep of a pass, full court. Yeah, just how he would do it. Yeah. And you know they go hatchet and hops. You know, that's really popular now where you throw the axes and you drink mm-hmm. beer, like does that and just dominates like anything he does. Golf just steps up, just whacks it like he's on the PGA. It, isn't that crazy? Are, are guys just like born with that? Like you got to be just born yeah. with something, right? Like yeah, you can just pick point. up any sport and be mm-hmm. unbelievable at it. It's seriously, I, yes, you are born with a lot of it. Yeah. Well, Jim, this was a lot of All fun. Right, man. Great to see you. Can't wait to that's see you in person. Shit. Everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We might have to, um, we got to get a live pod in before little baby number two arrives, Jim, because it's coming in hot. We're two and a half weeks away at this point. So, Tyler, I'm already stressed for you. It's hard. I'm not really stressed about much, but man, I'll tell you what, another kid that that stresses me out for you. So, man, I'm thinking about you. You don't know what you don't know, right? I think that's what Ooh. I'm kind of uh, putting my put my trust. Like you, everybody tells I'll you, be, like it's insane. I'm gonna be leaning on kid, you but... for all the advice for yeah. having number two. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It'll be fun. It'll be I know. Fun. It'll be crazy. It's gonna be crazy, but we can't wait. It'll be fun. We might have to have you come over here, maybe for a podcast. If we can't get to Hamburg, <laughs> we'll just get some beer there at some point during the week. Bring it here, and we'll just have to do it there. Yeah, so you know, you can bring Walter, you can bring the little boy if you want. Maybe we'll get the fans together. I think that sounds like a good podcast. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Right. We appreciate it. Catch you next time.